This may or may not surprise you, but feeling low or feeling depressed, so to speak, is not always a sign of a clinical mental health diagnosis. It could simply be your mind, your body, and your spirit telling you that something needs your attention. And by acknowledging these feelings, you can take active steps to improve your overall well-being. And so if you want to learn more about how you can do that, please stay tuned to this episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Have you ever had days, weeks, or even months when you've just felt off? You might actually say you feel tired, you feel overwhelmed, you feel sad, you might even say that you feel depressed, but when you go in to see your doctor or maybe you do one of those online screening tests for depression, your scores consistently come back as not depressed because you don't quite meet all the criteria for a clinical diagnosis of major depressive disorder or clinical depression. The truth is that many of us are living in a state of chronic unhappiness or emptiness, but we still manage to stay pretty high functioning. Maybe you are still consistently performing well at work, It might even be a welcome distraction going into work every day because of how well you perform, but you are still unhappy. It might be a welcome distraction. Maybe you're performing well at work and that high performance might actually be a welcome distraction from how unhappy you are with life in general. Maybe you are getting lots of positive feedback from NGO projects that you're working on, organizations you volunteer with, or maybe on boards you sit on because you are a go-getter, the go-to person when there's issues that need to be addressed and you just know how to get things done. Maybe your kids are the happiest kids on the block and you are on top of their school lunches, their activities, their play dates. You're resourceful about getting them the help that they need and you're resourceful about signing them up for programs that just enhance them and they're just generally doing really well. But when that work shift ends or that board meeting is over Or when the kids go to sleep, that feeling, that familiar feeling of sadness comes back and it overwhelms you once again. Maybe you are having meltdowns in the shower or in your car on your way to and from work. Maybe you find yourself screaming into your pillow when you're alone just to let off some of the steam and some of the tension and then cue all the negative self-talk, the critical self-talk which now seems to be dialed up to max volume. You really don't feel like yourself, yet, again, you don't meet the diagnostic criteria for depression. It's come to my attention with the work that I do with 
The women in my practice, I call them givers and achievers. It's come to my attention that oftentimes these, what we call negative emotions of sadness, the unhappiness, the void that you're feeling are actually quite informative because they are your mind's way, your body's way, and or your soul's way, your spirit's way of giving you feedback. It's kind of like having a car and the lights on the dashboard of your car are on. So maybe it's the light for low tire pressure, or maybe it's a light that says that you are due for an oil change, or your fuel, your gas level is low. These negative, alarming, bright red or bright orange lights are very informative and they must be paid attention to. Some time ago, I was actually, you know, these symptoms of feeling sad are (laughs) quite familiar to me, right? Being a mom of two, a wife, being a physician, having a business, things can get really busy. Things can get really overwhelming. And so some time ago, I was in a very similar situation where I just felt low. I felt like the scenario described above. And I actually knew exactly why. I was working so, so much. I was working several weeks back to back with only a handful of days off. And so barely any downtime. And even in the downtime that I had, the only waking times that I seemed to be alone was when I was driving to work and when I was driving back from work. So other than being asleep, when I was awake, I was only alone during my commute. And as an introvert, I actually need my alone time in order to rejuvenate, in order to feel like myself, in order to kind of lengthen my fuse just a little bit. And I wasn't getting any. And this obviously took its toll. I was getting more irritable. I was cranky. I was short-tempered. And my inner critic, of course, was telling me all sorts of things about myself that just then perpetuated the cycle of just that feeling low and feeling sad. I knew exactly why I was feeling this way. And again, like I said, I had minimal downtime And to be honest, I knew that's exactly what I needed to do to fix it, is to find a way to get more time to myself to actually do something that I enjoyed. And literally within 24 hours, when I found the solution, when I executed on the solution, I was back to feeling like myself again. And it only took 24 hours. And I will talk you through some of the things that you can do to help things through, if you're in a similar situation, what might be the cause and how to fix it. Feeling low, like I said, is the mind's way of telling you that something is missing. It could be a lack of calm, a lack of peace, a lack of rest for your mind, a lack of engagement. It could also be from overstimulation, such as too much social media as a simple example. It could also be your body's way of seeing that something is missing, like we're missing movement, we're missing hydration, we're missing vitamin D, especially in the season of cold and shorter days. We're missing rest, physical rest. It might even be your body's way of saying we're missing skincare. If that's been a big part of your routine and has somehow fallen off with you being so busy, your spirit could be communicating to you that it's missing connection. 
It might be missing time in scripture and prayer if you're a person of faith, and it might be missing laughter. That's actually a pretty big one, and I didn't realize how big until very recently. So if you're feeling low and if you're experiencing more negative emotions than usual, you've checked in with your doctor, you haven't been diagnosed with any clinical diagnoses, then I want you to think about some of these questions. And so we're going into the more practical, reflective part of the episode. The first question that I want you to think about is, have there been any recent changes in your life? And they don't have to be very big, dramatic, significant changes. Has there been a new job? Do you have a new colleague? And so have there been a shifting of responsibilities? Did you stop working out? Are you commuting further? And so you're having to leave the house earlier, meaning that there might be a little bit of a rush in the morning that you're not used to. Did you have a recent argument with a friend or a loved one? Are your kids in a new school? Are you missing out on connecting with your girlfriends because of deadlines and projects, any of these changes can place a demand on your time and on your energy. And even subtle changes like these can have dramatic effects on our state of well-being, which then compounds over time, if not addressed early, into a state of feeling low and sad and eventually a chronic state of emptiness if we don't address it early. So ask yourself those questions. Reflect on any changes that you have experienced and the ripple effect they might be having on your life, on your energy, on your mood. I'd alluded to this one earlier and is the critical importance of laughter. When was the last time you had a good Good laugh. I mean, like a deep belly, tears rolling down your eyes laugh for a sustained amount of time. So not just a chuckle for 30 seconds from a cute meme on social media, but a good laugh, almost like a an event. And in fact, I remember reading recently that there are places now where you can actually go for laughter therapy, where you just go and you just laugh for like 45 minutes, for an hour. And studies have shown that this is actually very good for our souls. Many of us haven't laughed like this in a long time. We're barely breathing, let alone laughing, right? Other than the sighs that we let out a hundred times a minute, many of us are barely breathing. I would recommend laughter, highly recommend laughter and actually screen-free laughter. So sometimes people will say, I have memes on my phone that I look at, or they'll say I am watching a show that is funny, which is great if those are the only options that you have for now. However, laughter that involves play, laughter that involves connecting with others is what I would highly, highly recommend because it's good for the soul, just that connection, laughing, sharing laughter with other people and not just laughing by yourself. There's just something about that shared emotion that can be so therapeutic. Recently, I was at a friend's house for a game night and I forgot so much how much I love games until that night. And it was almost like 
she knew what my spirit needed because I had, again, been feeling kind of low and just sluggish and not myself. And at the end of the night, I could feel my spirit just feeling light and free. It was almost instantly. I felt went from feeling kind of sad, emotional, heavy to feeling light and feeling free. And so if you're kind of stuck as to, okay, what can I actually do to get this laughter going? Like you're saying, what can I actually do to get this laughter going? Like you're saying, I highly, highly recommend a games night. Nothing crazy, nothing complicated, just a few friends and family together, get a board game, something that will make you laugh. Charades is always fun. We also played categories, which was also a lot of fun. So just throwing some ideas out there for you. The next question that I want you to ask yourself as we're reflecting on possible causes of feeling low, feeling sad, feeling empty is asking yourself, which area of my life am I the most unhappy with right now? Is it your health and fitness? Is it your finances? Is it your relationships? Is it your career? What part of my life am I feeling the most unhappy with right now? And the next question after that, following up to that is, What can I do that's within my control to change this? And we're not necessarily talking about a big overhaul. We're not talking about a dramatic change. We're just talking about one thing. And so if it's your health and fitness, maybe it's picking up drinking water on a consistent basis. Maybe you want to get one of those water bottles. I hear the Stanley Cup, the big mugs that are called Stanley Cups are very good for water intake. Maybe you get one of those water bottles that have the time markings on them as a visual reminder. Maybe it's just the water piece for your health and fitness. If it's your relationship, maybe it's deciding that you're not going to complain to other people about your relationship anymore. Maybe you've decided you're going to look up a counselor for you and your partner in order to discuss your relationship. You might not be able to change the relationship and do an overhaul, but is there one thing that's within your control that you can actually take action on? Because if there's an area of your life that you're unhappy with, there's no point in continuing to ruminate and sit in that unhappiness. Because what happens is you're giving your inner critic, your inner judge, material to keep judging you on right? You're giving it material to say, okay, well, look at you. It's the end of the year already. You had all these fitness goals and what have you done about it? But if you don't take action, even if it's a little action like purchasing a water bottle, your inner critic is just going to continue to use that material to eat away at your joy, to eat away at your peace, to eat away at your unhappiness, okay? So once again, ask yourself, which area of your life are you the most unhappy with? And what can you do that's within your control that you can take action on in order to change it? And the final area of reflection, the final question that I want you to think about is, what do you need to accept in order to invite peace into your life? So you're asking yourself, okay, what do I need to accept? in order to invite peace into my life because 
Many times the lack of peace, the lack of calm we're experiencing is because we're fighting acceptance of something that is true. We're fighting acceptance of something that is clear. The writing is on the wall and we're fighting acceptance. Maybe you need to accept that this job that you spent months and months and months researching, this job that you spent weeks interviewing for, this job that you are excited about, everyone else was excited about when you finally got the offer, is actually not a good fit. Maybe you need to accept that instead of trying to force a situation that is what it is, right? Once you accept that, you can finally start taking steps, making plans to seek alternative employment. Maybe you need to accept that, okay, after two kids, my body has changed. (laughs) It's no longer what it was when I was in my early 20s. After two kids, I can finally accept that my body has changed. And maybe once I accept that, I can get rid of the clothes that don't fit anymore and start buying clothes that flatter me, that I look good in, that I feel confident in. Maybe you need to accept that there are huge, huge challenges associated with caring for your aging parents and that as they age, they won't always do what you want them to do. They have a mind of their own. Their stubbornness has been dialed up. They're adamant about doing certain things certain way or not doing things that you know is going to be good for them. But maybe you need to accept that you can't control them and you can't control their choices. Because once you accept that, perhaps you will be able to enjoy the time that you have with them together. Instead of policing them, getting frustrated at them, getting upset, you accept their choices for what they are and you actually get to enjoy conversation and time and create even more memories with your aging parents. And so once again, The questions that I want you to ask to try to get to the bottom of why you might be feeling sad, low, unhappy are number one, are there any recent changes that are affecting your overall well-being? Number two, when was the last time I laughed and can I create opportunities to do so? Number three, what are the areas of your life that you're most unhappy with? And what can you do that's within your control to change that? Number four, what are some of the truths that I need to accept in order to invite peace into my life? And so to wrap things up, I just wanted to share one more time things that I really want you to think about if you find yourself in a state of unhappiness and you're not really sure why. Number one, try to identify if there have been any recent changes in your life that have had a ripple effect of leaving you feeling tired, overwhelmed, unhappy. Number two, try to create more laughter, real laughter that involves play and connection with other people. Number three, ask yourself, which area of your life are you most unhappy with right now? And what can you do to actually take steps that are within your control to change this? And number four, What do you need to accept in order to invite peace into your life? Because acceptance is often the first step required to actually make the necessary changes that invite peace. 
And so to end this episode with a quote, I'd like to share a quote that says, laughter is good medicine. Laughter is good medicine. And that is taken from Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, a book that I love so much that has so much good, sound, solid, practical advice. And so laughter is good medicine. Seek out opportunities this week to connect with other people just to laugh. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with a friend. And until next time, remember that I'm here fiercely advocating for your success and your happiness. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.